Welcome to Reimagining Atlantis. My name's Tori, and I'll be your host. Welcome back, my friends. I am elated that you are back for another episode of the wonderful world of Atlantis. I lay in bed at night, I think about what my next episode should be. And I lay in my bed and think, ooh, I need to tell my listeners about insert weird idea here. Inevitably, by morning, I've either forgotten or talked myself out of it. I am sure a lot of you here are wanting me to talk about the Rochette structure. I have every intention on doing so. I too fell for Jimmy from Bright Insight. I'll make an episode breaking down his theory and explaining how it couldn't be Atlantis. As much as I love the idea and I want it to be true, sadly, it just doesn't fit the narrative. Remember, how many deviations can we make and it still be Plato's Atlantis? So far, I have three more episodes that I'm working on. I'm planning on doing a deep dive into Cha'el-Tajid, as well as a deep dive into the city of Sace with Thanis Heraliglion. I must say that it feels good to get some of this out of my head. I'm no longer having to worry about remembering it, as I can just go back and listen to my own episodes. I can feel my head emptying, feeling ready to fill it with more useless information. Did I tell you that I listen to audiobooks of Plato's Cretius and Timaeus almost every night? I practically have it memorized because I've listened to it so much. Each time, I think I hear something new. I think I understand finally where people are getting that Athens was destroyed at the same time as Atlantis. I think I will have another episode on Duke Leon and Pyra and the Greeks' version of Noah's Flood. Just so you're aware, Critias and Timaeus were not only people, but these works were written down as screenplays. We are actually reading Plato's scripts for his plays. I could use a voice-changing software and reenact the play. Maybe a few of my listeners would like to play a part and do a voiceover? Reach out to me and let me know. It doesn't have to be just me. I'm a little over a halfway through Atlantis, the antediluvian world, and it was brought to my attention that there is one other book that predates it by about 10 years. It's called The Chosen Ones. It was an inspiration for Hitler's Vril Society, so I guess after I finish this warm-up to white supremacy, I will go a bit further and look into full Nazism next. I must admit, I feel a little dirty listening and reading to these books. I will break it down and give my opinions on why I think it's wrong and right. For this episode, I want to explore what happened to Amazons in depth. I used my own unpublished book on the Amazons, which used the work of Diodorus, Herodotus, Homer, Hesiod, Shabo, Herodotean, Plato, Arctinctus, and Apollonius. I've been working on this for a little over three years now and I'm not exactly sure when it will ever be done, but I referenced it so that I could make a good, clear, concise record for today's episode. Diodorus' account of the Amazons took me a couple of years' journey to learn about them. You should have a pretty good feel about ancient Greek naming conventions by now. A child can have an individual name, or could be referred to as a child of the mother name or of the father name. 
We also know that Titan Atlas had a wife named Hesperus. I've read you multiple accounts on both how the Atlantides and the Hesperides are the same children. This also suggests that the island of Atlantis could also be referred to as the island of Hesper. Both places are referred to as being an island in the west, and both places were reported to be torn asunder by an earthquake. They both had a fertile plain and had a marsh tritonus in one location and a lagoon tritonus at another. This is when I got distracted and spent a little over a year researching the Amazons. At first, I thought I just need to put a story in order to understand what happened. It evolved into a novelette at 41 pages. As a refresher, Queen Marina just showed up with her Amazons on an island called Hesper. They founded a city within the Marsh Tritonus and named it Chernosos after its shape. Chernosos is a word used in later classical Greek writings and is the Greek word for the Latin word peninsula. When they set about to subdue the rest of the island, apart from Mene, because they were eager for war, Mene was home to the Ethiopian Ithophagi, or the literal translation of burnt-faced fish eaters. Queen Marina and 30,000 women foot soldiers and 30,000 cavalry entered the land of the Atlanteans and destroyed the city of Cern, or Kern. Kern was a city of Atlantis, but not the main royal city. As a reminder, Hanno, the navigator, set up a city of Kern on the coast of northwest Africa on the side of the Atlantic Ocean. The Atlanteans surrendered their cities to Marina, and in turn, Marina told the Atlanteans to carry on as usual and let me build you a new city for the one I destroyed. The Atlanteans had a neighboring tribe that would set traps around and capture their people and ask for Marina's help. Marina went to war with the Gorgons, who were another female-dominated tribe. She attempted to eradicate the Gorgons by setting fire to their wooded region. They took captive an unknown amount of women hostages, as they most likely killed the men from puberty upward, like they did in Kern. The Amazons were unable to capture and or kill all of the Gorgons, so they set fire to the wood in which the Gorgons were hiding and took their captives back to the Amazon territory. During the night, while the security was lax, the Gorgons began to slaughter the Amazons. The remaining Amazons came from every direction and slaughtered all of the captive Gorgons. There were enough dead Amazons that they rose up three great mounds and were named the Amazon Mounds, at least until 120 BCE. If anyone has a lead on these mounds, I have been foaming at the mouth trying to find them, so please let me know. After which, Marina set out to explore and conquer the world. She went to Egypt and made a peace treaty with Horus, who was the son of Isis and Pharaoh at the time. She continued east into Arabia and slaughtered them, conquering Syria. She began her travel north and those surrounding people came out with gifts and agreed to swear fealty to her, and she gave them the name Free Sicilians. For clarification, this is not the Italian Sicily, but a group of people around the Taurus Mountains on modern-day Turkey. Marina went into Turkey and conquered most of that territory. Her power extended from Turkey down to Syria, and this became the start of what was known as the Thermodon Amazons. This was all done by land and not by ship. 
This will be clarified later, but it's worth knowing so that you can picture this in your head. The Amazons in Libya continued their own reign and succession of power, and little else is known about them. They have a cameo appearance later in the story, so they are still functioning fine. The Thermodon Amazons conquered the area around the Taurus Mountains, and then went to the coast by the Caucasus River. Along the coast of the Caucasus River and the sea, she founded many cities after her sisters, Simi, Patina, and Pyrene. It was here that Marina took to sea. She conquered an island named Lesbos. She founded a city there named Mytilene. She took off on a boat again, but was caught in a storm. She ran adrift to an uninhabited island which she named Samothraki, which means sacred island in Greek. Now why Marina suddenly spoke Greek is beyond me, but meh, details. Marina was eventually defeated by Mopius the Thracian and Syphilis the Scathian when they invaded the land of the Amazons with an army composed of fellow exiles. Mopius had been exiled by Lycurgus, the king of the Thracians, and Syphilis had likewise been exiled from that part of Scathia which borders upon Thrace. In a pitched battle, Syphilis and Mopius gained the upper hand and slew Marina and the rest of her army. The Thracians continued to be victorious in their battles and the surviving Amazons finally withdrew again into Libya. From here, the names get a little weird and the story gets muddled. I'm still trying to sort it all out, but I think this is what happens. Marina's daughter was named Otera and she became known as the mother of the Thermodon Amazon nation. She set up a temple to Ares on a smooth island that had their very own attacking birds. It is also suggested that Otera took Ares as her husband, and I'm not sure if this is literal or metaphorical. Ares is the disliked whiny god of war that Zeus makes fun of. He is more of the personification of the brutality of war as Athena is the goddess of war strategy and Apollo is the prophetic god who can also fight as he is the twin brother of Artemis. So many war gods, right? But it's important to understand the distinction between them. Otera set up a temple to her husband, who is the personification of brutality and savagery during war. Otera went to Euphasus, a city located in Turkey beyond the sea. Either Otera or her daughter Marpesia built the temple to Artemis, which was considered one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. The writer Antipater of Sidon wrote, apart from Olympus, the sun never looked on anything so grand as the temple of Artemis. At the temple of Artemis, there was a shrine, and it was to outshine the shine at the temple of Delphi. There was a cult, and it created the dance of Artemis at Hephaestus and was described in the following way. As sweet maidens, daughter of Lydia, sport and lightly leap and clap their hands in the temple of Artemis, the fair Adesphestos, now sinking down upon their haunches and again springing up like the hopping wagtail. By the Thermodon River, Marpesia, who was co-ruler with her sister Lampedo, set up and established a city in the Caucasus Mountains, referred to as the Rock of Marpesia, 
or the Marpesian Cliff. Alexander the Great built gates here sometime later, which were called the Caspian Gates. Marpesia and Lampedo extended the Amazon influence into Europe and Greater Asia Minor, becoming an object of terror to that part of the world. Marpesia was killed in a battle during the sudden invasion by the Trojans. And queenship was passed down to her daughters, Orithia and Hippolyte, or some people call her Antipi. Also, some sources add Sinope as another sister. Orithia and Hippolyte became co-rulers of the Thermodon Amazons, and Orithia was known for her war techniques and perpetual virginity. She brought great honor to the Amazons. The Amazons had two special months in the spring in which they went up to the neighboring mountains which separated them from the Gargarians. Within the secrecy of the darkness, the Gargarians and the Amazon would have intercourse for the sake of procreation. Any Gargarian, at any random, with any Amazon. The females that were born were retained by the Amazons, and the males were taken to the Gargarians to be brought up. For context, this is taking place about one generation before the Trojan War. Lamedon, who was the father of Priam, was king of Troy, and when Lamedon refused to give the gods Apollo and Poseidon a promised reward for building their famous walls of Troy, the gods sent a pestilence and a sea monster to ravage the land. An oracle revealed to Lamedon that the only way to save Troy would be to sacrifice his daughter, Hesanine. So, Hesanine was bound to a rock to await her death. But Alcides, Hercules, who happened to be at Troy, probably for the belt, offered to kill the sea monster and rescue Hesanine in exchange for Lamedon's divine horses. However, once Alcides had killed the monster and saved Hesanine, Lamedon refused to give up the horses. So, Alcides left Troy and then returned with a band of warriors. They captured the city and killed Lamedon and all of his sons except for Priam and Tithonius. And Tithonius was eventually carried off by Eos, which is the personification of Dawn. Eurystheus, who was the king of Mycenae, and he was the cousin of Alcides, and he was born prematurely. Hera actually convinced the goddess of childbirth to close her legs and prevent Alcides from being born so that Eurystheus could be king. Eurystheus was the king of Mycenae, and he sent Alcides on his ninth labor to get the belt of the Amazon queen. So, while he was at Troy, anyway, so he could have gone to Troy either to fight with the Trojans, or to get the belt, or both. He went on to fulfill the labor of getting the belt along with fighting the Trojans. So for context, it was during his 11th labor that Alcides went with Jason to Libya where he set up his pillars and killed the serpent Laden. Alcides then gathered together nine warships and occupied the shores of the Amazons while Orthea was away. While Orthea was out of town, her sister Hippolyte was in rule. Hippolyte was also called Antilope. Presumably, this is how Hippolyte was in possession of the belt. 
Once Hercules Alcides received a command to bring back the girdle of Hippolyte, he made an expedition against the Amazons. He sailed into the Pontus and continued to the mouth of the Thermodon River, where he encamped near the city of the Mescria, the palace of the Amazons. The Amazon numbers were greatly reduced because of their confusion and carelessness. Alcides was then able to capture Menelope and Hippolyte and brought them aboard his ship. Alcides and allies took as many Amazons as captives as they could put on multiple ships to take them back to Athens and Mycenae. Alcides returned with Melepony to the Amazons after getting the girdle from Hippolyte as ransom. Hippolyte was then taken to Theseus, the king of Athens, and the destroyer of the Minotaur as his share of the spoil of war. Now the remaining ships that carried the Amazons once out to sea, the Amazons rose up and attacked the crew and slew them. The Amazons knew nothing of ships, nor how to use a rudder, nor sail, nor oar. Since they killed the sailors who knew how to sail, they were at the mercy of waves and the winds. They landed by the cliffs near the Mesian Lake. This place is the country of the free Scathians. They set forth on their journey and seized the first troop of horses they met. They mounted up and went into the inhabited country and they raided the Scathian lands. The Scathians thought the Amazons were men and met to fight them. When they retrieved the dead, they realized that their adversities were women. The Scathians took counsel and decided to no longer try to defeat these women, but to try to bring them into their tribe. So they sent young men, matching the number of Amazons, to try and make friends with the women. After some time, the youths, copying the women, put the Amazons' fears to rest and the two camps closed their distance. Once the women wandered alone, a young man laid hold one of them, and the woman made no resistance but suffered him to do his will. Since they did not understand each other, and she could not speak to him, she signed with the hand that he should come on the next day to the same place and bring another youth with him, showing by signs that there should be two. She mentioned that she would bring another woman with her. The youth went back to camp and told his comrades. After some time, they joined their camps together and they dwelt together, each man having for his wife the woman with whom he had intercourse. The men could not learn the women's language, but the women mastered the speech of the men. So now let's go back to Themescria. Orathea returned back from her adventures. Then she led the war against Athens to free Hippolyte and take revenge. She asked Scagillus, the Scathian king for assistance, and he sent his son Panascorius with a body of cavalry to her aid. When Theseus learned of the oncoming Amazons, he gathered the aid of the forces of his citizens. He brought them with Hippolyte, by whom he had had a son, Hippolytus. Theseus went on to battle with the Amazons, and the Athenians surpassed the Amazons in bravery. He gained the victory of the Amazons who opposed them. Some he slew at the time, and the rest he drove out of Attica. Hippolyte, who was fighting at the side of her husband Theseus, distinguished herself in the battle and died fighting heroically. The Amazons who survived renounced their ancestral soil 
and returned with the Scathians into Scathia and made their homes among that people. Other reports suggest that there was some disagreement that occurred between the Allies and the Scathians left the battlefield. The Amazons were eventually defeated but managed to escape to their allies' camp and under their protection returned to Themyscira safely. And the battles, Orathea had received serious injuries and ultimately died of these. She was buried en route home by her army. Orathea's successor was Penthelia, Queen Penthelia, the glorious and terrible beauty was responsible for accidentally killing Hippolyte during the Battle of Athens. She became purified by King Priam and fought for the Trojans after the death of Hector. Penthelia and her Amazons changed the tide of the war, but when she reached Ajax and Achilles, there was a pitched battle. Eventually, Penthelia was defeated by Achilles. The Amazons, just like the rest of the warring tribes of the Mediterranean during the Bronze Age, collapsed, and were never seen again. Thank you so much for continuing to listen. Your support means everything to me. If you want to help make this podcast grow, please subscribe and tell just one other person about this podcast today. We are each our own hero in this story we call life. That means one person has the power to change everything. Who is the one person you tell today, hero? Let's help keep Atlantis alive, or at least reimagined. A new episode will be released every Thursday at 9 p.m. See you then. Wait, are you still here? Thank you. It's appreciated. Here's a clip for next week's episode. After the death of Pallas, Athena took her name and her armor and renamed herself to Pallas Athena to always remember her friend or possibly sister and the blow she dealt. Around Lake Triton, there began a festival in honor of this event. Here's Herodotus on the Festival of Virgins. The Ossian maidens keep, year by year, a feast in honor of Athena, where at their custom is to draw up in two bodies and fight with stones and clubs. They say that these are the rites which have come down from their fathers, and that they honor them with their native goddess, who is the same name as Athena of the Grecians. If any of the maidens die of the wounds they receive, the Ossians declare that such are false maidens. <laughs>